The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me as always is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. How you doing, Corey? <laughs> I'm so hot, it's Friday. Ah, I am with you. Um, this episode of Burke Reviews Movie Club, we are going to be talking about West Side Story as we continue moving through Corey's favorite month of September, which I had selected musicals, not realizing how much Corey hated them. Um... But so far, I, like it was on purpose. I, I swear it wasn't. Um, okay. <laughs> you've made it out alive so far. We've only got one more week to go. Um, but we'll get into our, your thoughts on West Side Story. Um, but first, we like to talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, so, Corey, have you seen anything else aside from our t- almost three hour movie? It took me three nights to watch a West Side Story. Mm. Um because I've been working like an hour of overtime so I don't get off of work until 7 and then it takes me 30 minutes to get home and then I have things to do. Um, I did watch Upgrade. Ah, I like Upgrade. Yeah. um, I wish I could have seen it on the big screen but it was not in theaters very long at all. Um, I feel like it only screened for like a week or two here maybe. Yeah, I got lucky. I did catch it in the theater, um, but I bought it immediately because I liked it so much. I was uh, really impressed with it. Yes, and then I've been watching Golden Girls, and I'm on season two. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I saw a few movies last Saturday. I saw White Boy Rick, um, The Predator, and A Simple Favor. Um, I really liked The Simple Favor a whole lot. That's the uh, new Paul Feig movie with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Um, I was really, really into that really yeah um it's super good uh it's it's definitely not going to appeal to everybody it's a i feel like it's like a satire of gone girl um but played straight but with there's humorous moments and i i'm if you're an anna kendrick fan uh you will find a lot of joy in the movie her performance is terrific um i also got to mention uh the film has relatively newcomer but he's come out the box swinging henry golding who is in crazy rich asians which was his debut film um, he plays uh, the husband, Sean, in this movie and is, again, very, very charming and terrific. Um, and in a very small role, but I am a big fan of this comedian. I'm going to try to find her name. Where is it? She doesn't have a picture on her. Um, it's Aparna. Man, why is she not showing up on this list? She show... There she is. Aparna Nonchala, uh, I believe is how you say her name. Um, I came across her stand up on Sirius XM's uh, one of their comedy stations. And it, I thought she was so funny. I ended up listening to her whole album. Um, she has a very small role in A Simple Favor, but uh, I'm such a fan. I was just excited to see her in a movie, so I didn't care how small a role she was in. Um, when I got back uh, Saturday night, I ended up throwing Teen Titans: The Judas Contract, which is an animated uh, feature film from DC. It was like one of their. They have actually their movies tend to suck, but their their animated films are usually pretty solid. And this one. Uh, was interesting. I I had not seen it. I don't. I just kind of snagged something to watch in the background and ended up getting kind of roped into it and uh, watching it and enjoying it. Um, and then Monday I watched West Side Story. Uh, I didn't watch any other movies this week, but I did watch. Um, I started watching Psych, uh, the USA TV series with James Roday, where he plays a um, a fake psychic who gets hired to help with like cases for the police. Um, what? But it's better than that. Like, uh, he has a... His father was a cop and trained him as, at a young age to be super, like, uber observant. And uh, essentially, like, Sherlock Holmes level of deduction skills. Um, but he's a slacker, so he's never opted to really apply him for anything. And uh, through a series of events that happened in the pilot, he ends up having to lie about being a psychic in order to avoid uh, potential charges. And now he just kind of runs with it. And three episodes, I'm only three episodes into, a, I think, a fairly lengthy uh, series. But I've enjoyed every episode, and that's available on Prime to stream. Um, and James Roday is the star of Pushing Dead, 
the movie that uh, Tom E. Brown, who we interviewed a few months ago, um, directed, and I loved that. So I've been meaning to get to Psych, and so far I'm I'm hooked, man. Three James Roday has got a talent. He is super funny and very very charming. Um, I, if you haven't seen it, Corey, I definitely recommend check it out. Okay. It's not a sitcom either. That's the interesting thing. It is like a forty-minute run. Not show. what I was expecting at all. I I don't know what yeah. I was expecting, but it's it's really good. And I've had uh, three students, um, former film students of mine, have uh, talked about the show in the past. And when I told them they were watching it, they were all super excited. They're all like big fans of it. Um, uh, ben, who you've you've done a few episodes of Top Five Movies, is that's one of his favorite shows. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a lot of people really support that show, uh, praise it. And again, Roday is a terrific actor. Um, I think underseen, uh, I mean, Psych was successful, but still, like, I don't feel like enough people are talking about it based on just three episodes, mind you, too. I'm only three episodes in, and I'm already, like, just, like, it's become my, uh, if I'm not going to watch a movie, I'm going to throw on an episode of Psych, and I can still work. Um, but cause it's, it's done kind of like a procedural, you know, where he's solving cases and stuff, but there's a lot of humor with how he goes about solving them. So it's, it's a lot more fun than like say law and order or, um, I don't know, like uh, criminal minds or something, but, nice. um, but I haven't, I haven't watched a lot of other movies this week. Um, I've been, you know, teaching college t- takes up a lot of my time. And then, uh, the, the nights that I'm not teaching, I'm trying to get caught up on grading and things like that. So it's just been. Um, you know, a little tough to get movies in every day, so, uh, slowing down a little at the end of the year. I, I had a real busy beginning of the year, um, because of all the festivals I was going to, but, but less so now. So, um, I think, uh, that's the gist of what we've been watching, huh? Pretty quick. Yeah. Um, that said, though, we did watch a very, very long movie, uh, this week. Um, so let's get into the stats for West Side Story. Um, West Side Story is on the top 100 AFI films list, and so it's been on my radar basically because of that, um, but it's also one I've heard a lot of people praise. It's just over two and a half hours, has an 86 Metascore and a 7.6 IMDb user score, uh, stars Natalie Wood, which her story alone is really crazy. Like, you know, like, she, she died from a weird boat accident where Christopher Walken was on the boat with her when that happened. Like, do you know that whole story? No. Yeah, it's actually, if you go to her IMDb bio, it's actually even built into it because it's such a crazy story. But um, I'm scrolling down here on that. Uh, after making The Last Married Couple in America, Natalie began to work on Brainstorm, 1983, in the fall of 1981 with Christopher Walken. She did not live to see it released. On November 29, 1981, she was sailing on the yacht she shared with her husband, Robert Wagner, and their friend, Walken, when Natalie fell in the ocean while trying to board the dinghy tied up alongside the yacht and drowned. She was 43 years old um, when it happened. So, crazy story of her death. And I'd heard of that before, but um, when I was watching West Side Story, I was like, wait, isn't Natalie Wood sounds so familiar? And so I went uh, research. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. It's such a crazy story. Um, but it also stars George uh, Shikaris, Richard Br- Bamer, Russ Tamblin, Rita Moreno, Simon Oakland, who Simon Oakland has the ending monologue in the movie Psycho. He's the uh, psychiatrist who basically breaks down the plot for anybody who didn't follow along with what was happening. Um, you know, he tells. How us, could you miss that? I know it, it is. It's it's a weird scene where Hitchcock clearly didn't think everyone would have uh, either that or the the studio didn't think we would understand what was going on or transpiring because he literally breaks down the plot for us. Um, Ned Glass, who plays Doc, which was one of my favorite characters in the movie. Um, Tucker Smith is Ice, um, playing through here, um, David Winters has a lot to do in this movie, um, West Side Story is directed by Jerome Robbins and Robert Weiss, and Corey, I'm sure you picked up on West Side Story is, uh, a retelling of another famous story. Romeo and Juliet? Romeo and Juliet, um, which, uh, I've, I've taught Romeo and Juliet extensively, so I picked up on that pretty quickly, although I do think I'd heard it before. Um, but uh, that actually is one of the reasons why I kind of ended up liking West Side Story, because I am a fan of Romeo and Juliet. And this isn't a complete redoing of Romeo and Juliet. It does take its oh. own liberties and things like that. But um, I did find a lot of it compelling as a result. Uh, Corey, West Side Story took you three nights. What would you think about it? 
I didn't hate it. <laughs> the most um, positive review yeah. yet this month. No! It's like lukewarm. It's kind of neutral. Um, I don't think I'll ever need to rewatch it again. I don't know. I have a hard time. I just... It... I felt like this one seemed more natural, though. Uh, yes. opposed to, like, all the other two we've watched, and everything was so forced. I'll talk more about that when we get into spoilers, though. Um, or when we get into the bulk of our review. Yeah, I... I thought the songs were not my favorite for West Side Story, but, um, I didn't dislike them either. I just... I don't know, there's musicals where I could listen to the score or the soundtrack over and over and over and over again. And then there's, like, West Side Story, where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, there's a couple of songs I like, but then there's some I'm like, eh. But what really stood out to me was the production design of this movie. I, I love the sets, I love the costuming, um, and I do, I actually really like the characters, uh, Maria and, um, the main guy, whose name is now not gonna come to me, uh, Oh my Tony. gosh, Tony! That's I had a T. I just was not pulling up. I've got I was tons of notes. Thinking Chino, and that it's not great. No, guy. Chino's another character who gets mad. Um, Everybody's mad in this movie. I mean, even the way it starts though. There's like the the dance fight at the beginning where they're like they look like they're fighting, but they're clearly dancing. Like, <laughs> um, it did have me kind of laughing. And then we have a, you know, there's a um, unlike Romeo and Juliet, the source material. This is a um, not a battle of two wealthy families. It's two rival gangs in New York City, and uh, the gangs are racial in nature. Uh, the Sharks being the Puerto Rican gang, and the Jets being white boys, but still immigrants is the impression. Like there's Polacks, uh, and those are their words, not mine. I apologize. And to be fair, I actually am part Polish. Um, but uh, oh my god, I don't use that term but that term is derogatory i believe uh it's derogatory because of the sense of um dumb polack is the staple like joke about polacks oh i've um, never heard that before but i i don't think it, i do think it is an actual statement but i'm not i feel like the it's it has that like connotation, connotation. in the movie yeah like it's got that kind of like polack the way it's said because tony is polish and he is um they say that Pollock a few times, like it's it feels derogatory because there are some racial slurs thrown in this movie. Um, uh, even uh, quite the way a they few. say Puerto Rican. Yeah, there's that the bite in the the way it's said, right? Like it's not a compliment, it's not a statement of fact. It is just like, uh, Puerto Rican, and I, I'm not saying that, but that's how the movie says it. And um, but there's some really cool songs. I like the America song. That um, uh, is it Anita? I think sings. I'm pretty sure her name's Anita. Yeah. Yeah. Anita sings. I, I like that song. It reminded me of Feifel, an American tale. Ah, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Right? And there's no cats in America reminded me, uh, like, or the American song from West Side Story reminded me of that. So I started, like, looking to see if there was a connection. There doesn't appear to be. And it's not that similar in terms of, like, tone or anything. It's just the singing about America. Um, That's still fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. It did make me. I hadn't thought about American tale. And apparently. That movie has some uh, some haters, like, big time. Like, I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but apparently, um, I think it's Ebert and, yeah, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs down and said it's one of, like, the saddest children films of all time or something like that, or most okay. depressing. Well, a lot of children's stories are really sad. We just dressed them up with princesses. Mm, but, interesting point. Um, and if you look at all the fairy tales and stuff that so many children's books are, like, based children's movies are based off of they are not some of them are scary yeah but that's interesting they probably also hate land before time so they can just go take a three star <laughs> well um so i i liked it enough uh i i don't know that i would want to sit through another two and a half hours of this particular one um although and again i do i feel like uh the is it boss lerman um Romeo and Juliet is that the right director? Am I saying that? like with Leo and uh, Claire Danes and John Ooh, Leguizamo? Now that you're saying that, I'm doubting it. I'm I've had doubt in my head, but I'm pretty sure. Um, Lerman. I I really liked that movie. Like I didn't for a long time, and I still don't like Claire Danes as Juliet. But I, I like. I care what you say. She's awful. Um, I like the other. I I really love Mercutio in that movie. That's like my favorite part of that film. Um, 
but uh, I, I enjoy that telling of it. It's it's hyper. It's it's, and I I feel like he pulls a little bit of style from West Side Story, um, maybe like loosely, but just like the uh, I don't know. There's something about like the way it's shot and everything that reminds me of it. But I I really did appreciate the set design of of West Side Story. I love the color red and how um, even the color the the dance at the the gym. Um, the Puerto Ricans are predominantly wearing purple and uh, uh, red, I think. And then, um, yeah, it's purple and red. And then the uh, the Jets, the Sharks, I should have said, are wearing purple and red. And the Jets are wearing, um, like, yellows and blues. And it's just, like, the color palette in this film is, is ridiculously gorgeous. And I, I, I don't always appreciate that. That doesn't always, like, catch my eye. But with West Side Story, it was impossible not to notice... Um, you know, the red walls are so, so vibrant and everything just kind of stands out in contrast against them. Um, I really liked a lot of that. And um, you seem like you were more positive than not. So, and I, I, I'm going to attribute part of that probably to your passion for Romeo and Juliet too, because it is a story that I know you, uh, you like at least enough the old, the, the movie you care enough about. I do. Um, I cannot read William Shakespeare. I just feel like it's I don't feel like I'm smart enough I just I don't know I just don't I just don't absorb it <laughs> so, I, I think it takes a little more um, deconstructing to, to follow along with it but I think you could do it if you if you really wanted to put the effort into it and that's how I've like I never just read it and picked it up like I had to put a lot of effort into teaching it which helped me understand it a whole lot more um but yeah I I, uh, I just. Well, I think uh, to not to cut you <laughs> off, but let's jump into spoilers so we can get into yes. uh, all the nitty gritty. Yes. So we're going to talk about West Side Story from 1961 in great detail from here forward. You've been warned. Okay. So even the opening of this film with has the overture where we just have the. Uh, the almost completely red screen with these like super minimalistic sketch of the city outline. I hated that. Well, I had a f- I fast forwarded because I'm like this movie's it two and a half hours. Five minutes. Yeah, and then there's an intermission that I think is like ten minutes. Was um, it? Yeah, I fast forwarded through watching? that. Maybe it was five. I, it was definitely intermission. Um, I fast forwarded that and the opening, but I still like I like the art style of the uh, the city landscape in this kind of line minimalistic drawing. I thought that looked really cool. Um, I didn't yeah, want to stare they... at it for five minutes, but... No, I don't need to see you doing the whole drawing. I don't need all that. Just You could just, you know, pop it on the screen and then take it away like they did and show us New York. Um, I know that you said that the beginning fight, like, kind of made you laugh, but I felt like all the choreography and mm. all the movement in this movie was just so natural and it just kind of drew me in like i know that they're dancing but it was just everyone flowed together so well it was so just you know just caught my attention and caught my eye and yeah i can't even imagine all the work that went into it and i'm i'm not like trying to oh no you know talk negatively about what you thought but i just thought it was very interesting to well, I, was, I wasn't going to say uh, negatively. I was going to say, <laughs> don't mistake my, my laughter to mean I didn't appreciate it. It was just like, um, you know, when you're watching two gangs start to fight and then they turn into a clearly choreographed dance, it's it's a little, you know, shocking, right? Because that's not what you <laughs> think of with, you don't associate dance-offs I, with, uh, with gangs, at least not in this way, right? Right. And I don't take notes when we watch movies usually because it just distracts me more. But... I um, I loved like the snapping and stuff at the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. It just like kind of caught my attention right away. I still felt like the movie ran a little long. We could have easily probably cut off at least thirty minutes. But you know, um, I didn't feel like there was any scene that dragged though, other than maybe cutting out some of the musical numbers or something like that. Um, I go ahead. No, no. I was. I mean, that was basically the gist of my thought. It was like. I, I thought about it because like two and a half hours, two and a half hours is pretty long, but there was nothing that I was like, oh, this doesn't need to be here, or we're just like meandering with the scene. I, I felt like it was paced pretty strong, 
Um, I would have actually liked to spend more time with Doc, uh, who um, is the he runs like the soda shop, and I guess he kind of acts as uh, the Friar Lawrence character in some ways. Um, he is like a uh, mentor to Tony's character, which very much Romeo's mentor is Friar Lawrence, um, and he he breaks the bad news to Romeo in that way. But then again, the apothecary does. I mean, there's a lot of it's not a uh, complete retelling. It is a reimagining of Romeo and Juliet. But there are a lot of obvious stand-ins, like um, of the the sharks. The clear Tybalt character is. Um, well, I have his name here somewhere. Where did he go? I know there are so many characters. I just couldn't keep up with their names. Yeah. I, uh, why isn't it here? I know I have it. Um, oh, Bernardo. Bernardo is clearly uh, Tybalt's character, uh, played by George Chakras. Um, and then you have uh, Riff is Mercutio. Um, without any hesitation, I can say that. Uh, one, even his, his swagger is reminiscent of a Mercutio character, but um, when Bernardo and, and him fight, um, it starts off as a friendly fist fight, but then it quickly devolves into weapons, and uh, Riff is killed by Bernardo solely because of Tony's interference, which then leads to Tony killing Bernardo. Um, and or it would be Romeo killing Tybalt, which then puts him in a vicarious situation. I love how they did the wedding in this, that they're not really married, that it was like a pretend commitment to each other. Um, you know, there was no official like wedding with, between the two, which Romeo and Juliet, you know, the Friar Lawrence does marry them. And it, and it always felt because, I mean, they're young, they're not 18, which, of course, at that time didn't mean anything. But in my brain, it's hard to get past that their children being married by a, a friar. Um, so I like that they did it kind of like nobody else was there. No one bared witness. It wasn't a legitimate wedding. It was them being in a position where they were just so caught up in the moment that they committed to each other. And um, I liked a lot of those little choices like that, uh, that pull from Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. I don't know. I think that it's a pretty good, I mean, in the in the 60s i mean even today we still have some issues with uh, equal rights and mm. so it's kind of interesting to see all of these like you know i mean they're they all seem to be immigrants um yeah of some capacity like, treating each other that way and it's like i don't know and it's new york and new york is a melting pot mm -hmm. and like, and they're fighting over pieces of road, a, a thing that still happens with gangs now. That it's not actually their road, but this is their turf, as they say. Um, and then you have uh, the detective who is a dirty cop, which that his character is the hardest to nail down. I clearly he's supposed to be Prince um, or Paris, not no Prince, but Paris is Prince's cousin. Um, so maybe he's a combination of of both. Then again, I guess maybe Chino is supposed to be Paris because. Bernardo has like promised Maria to him or something like that. Um, there's a, again, it's not a, a exact replication, but Shrek is or not Shrek, excuse me, Shrank is uh, Simon Oakland. As I mentioned, he was in Psycho as well. Um, he is clearly against the sharks, uh, which is again that's where the discrepancy is because in the book, um, the prince is neutral. He's he's trying to maintain order and peace. He exiles Romeo solely for that purpose. Uh, you don't really get that, which I'm glad, again, they didn't go all in. They didn't, like, exile Tony from uh, the place. He's kind of self-exiled. He's in hiding because he's afraid of going to jail for murdering Bernardo. Um, and he's also afraid of retribution from Chino until he hears that uh, Maria's dead. But we maybe not jump ahead quite so far yet. Um, let's talk about the dance at the gym. Um, I, one... The guy who uh, is, like, hosting the dance I thought was pretty funny. And um, he reminded me of somebody. I, I can't now place who I thought it was for a minute. But, oh, I thought it was uh, the guy who played um, the the dad on Adam's Family. Like, in the uh, the TV show, not the movies. Like, the old school TV show. That's and I, I haven't been able to confirm. Yes, uh, I haven't been able to confirm if that actor was Gomez on the TV series now. But he definitely looked super familiar to me. Um and I, but that whole dance number um that's where tony and maria meet for the first time and i really love the visuals of when they meet like the world like fades around them and they can only see each other 
it's very clearly love at first sight and a really cool visualization of it and uh you know i I bought in man tony was looking for love i love that story when he he basically they rewrite uh, romeo's um i dreamt a dream um speech which is one of my favorite speeches in uh the original play because mercutio takes over and just basically rips him apart and i love that scene and um they kind of rewrite it where he tells riff about this dream that he's been waking up uh yearning for something but he doesn't quite know what and then he finds maria and he realizes what he's been yearning for is is love and i don't know man i, I maybe i'm a sucker for that kind of thing but i i really bought into it and uh um, both saps yeah you know romance is a good thing I, I like a positive kind of like oh love will you know it's all um and it is john astin i yep from I the just, adams family just, I just found it, too. Like, literally, as you said it, I was clicking on his IMDb page. I'm like, oh, I bet you I'm right. He's in a bunch of stuff, though. Um, yeah, he's been working even kind of recently. Yeah, he's got something coming out in 2018. Oh, wow. Good for him. Kicking butt. Looks like he does some uh, voice acting for some of the DC properties. Um, yeah, I knew it was him, and I was thrown off for a minute. But, yeah, um, I, I liked him in this. It's a very small role uh, in this movie. But... Um, you know he's he's very like he's got this comedy kind of air about him trying to get the kids to get along and they're all kind of laughing at him like whatever the kids are punks though right like the the with the exception of tony bernardo riff and um i kind of like uh ice um towards the end of the movie especially because like he seems like he has this like newfound sense of like loyalty and uh respect for tony um, and Baby John, who is uh, Benvolio's character, essentially, from the Romeo and Juliet role, where he's kind of trying to be a neutral party, and, and um, he's trying to keep the peace, even though he's not doing a great job at it. Um, I really... I, I, I don't know. The, actually, the, I kind of came into this not not high up on West Side Story, and now I'm, I'm reminding myself, no, I actually did like it. It's just Welcome, been a... Corey. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a long week uh, for me, and I've had a lot of anxiety and, and frustration with certain things that have been going on and so um you know for i watched this on monday and so since then i've had a lot of just like frustrated feelings so i think my uh initial memory was was tainted but yeah there's there's definitely a lot of really good stuff in this i still don't think the songs are like something i would want to listen to in the car sort of thing you know but um i don't think they were bad either it's not like I get annoyed with Grease, where the songs, I, I genuinely don't like them. Yeah. Um, and they're so catchy, and they're so, like, they stick in my head, and I don't like them. So it's like, I if I hear Summer Lovin', I'm going to sing it for the next four days. And even just saying the words now, I hear it in my now head. Now back to West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, those damn songs. Um, I loved that scene at the gym, the dance, and obviously... I mean, I'm going to get them mixed up. Are the I'm going to say Puerto Ricans, and I'm not saying that derogatively, uh, or derogat, whatever. Um, they were so amazing. The, yeah, in the in the gym number? Yeah. Yeah, well, the because just... it's essentially another dance-off. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, I really love that whole, like, I, you know, I like, see, I really think you'd like Singing in the Rain, Um because the the choreography and stuff in that is so strong and none of it feels forced to me and that was those are two of your complaints i think that you've had with some of the other ones is like like if we look back to uh, star is born it's not really there's not really dancing you know it's more or less just people standing and singing um and even uh i have forgotten what the other one was that we watched oh a phantom of the opera not a dance movie right it's just primarily people standing and singing here we get dancing and singing um and that maybe that's more your cup of tea yeah because um because there are there are moments where there's no singing it's just dancing like at the gym it's not I... oh go ahead oh i was just saying it's not focused around the words it's focused more on the the visuals and what we're seeing on screen <laughs> It's like a whole movie, whereas I feel like neither of the other movies that we watched have been. It's like, oh, just, it just, I don't know. Like, the movie, they're not really interacting with each other in those movies, I think. Mm. I feel like, I don't know how to explain it, but I, 
just love all the movement Ooh, in this movie. I just movie. remembered one song that I really love. After the gym dancing, they uh, we get the balcony scene, um, which is the guarantee if you're if you're doing any kind of Romeo and Juliet retelling, you're gonna have a balcony scene because that is the uh, I would say the most known scene from Iconic. the play. Yeah, um, and I, I like the way they do it with the fire escapes. I think it's really cool. Um, it's not quite as fun as the the Romeo and Juliet, but it's definitely got the air of lightheartedness, and Maria is very concerned um, about her parents. It's so New York. It is, yeah. I love um, it. But then uh, the song that I ended up liking the most, I think, or at least I had the most fun with, was the juvenile delinquent song um, that the uh, Jets sing outside of the candy shop store after the cop uh, harasses them about leaving, and then they... they it's like they take turns being the different phases of the system and it's a really cool like social commentary on how the system would work like you judge a kid as juvenile delinquent so they send him to juvie but then they would say that oh no no he's just misbehaving he's acting out because of this so they send him to a psychologist psychologist would say no 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 you gotta go to the social worker and the social worker would be like oh no he needs to be locked up he's a criminal and it's just this like never-ending cycle of someone passing off the kid rather than helping the kid everyone's passing them off to the next person so they don't have to deal with it and i thought it was a it was a funny song um well performed with some cool choreography but at the same time uh i think it was a, a kind of saying a lot about the way we were treating the youth at the time mm-hmm. um i think that we need to talk about when tony goes to doc's shop and he's hiding, and Doc is getting him money, and the rest of the gang is in there, and Anita tries to go and tell oh my God. Tony that Maria will be coming, but she's being held up because she's being questioned by the police officer. And that whole scene where... Uh, that was kind of a hard scene to watch, because, I mean, it's, like, choreographed, and it's, you know... But it's singing and dancing, and yet... We all know where that was going. They were about to beat and rape her is what the yeah. vibe was and yeah there was, was like no question in my mind and then doc walked in and i love them all leave doc to me was like such a underused character but so powerful um because he's he represents this like hopefulness Ideal. and optimisticness that he is being it's being beaten and shattered out of him as he watches kids just throwing their lives away for things he doesn't understand and he wants to help but feels helpless, and I, I really kind of connect with that character in a lot of ways. And I was just thinking that there is that level of respect, though, because in the movie, they do leave, and they do listen, and they do... They do. And I don't think that would happen in real life. I don't know. I feel like um, they they treat him kind of bad, but it's more talk with him. Like, they, they, they say things like, you idiot, and things like that, but um, ultimately, like you said, they do seem to respect his his rule of this shop. It's I I mean, if you think if he is Friar Lawrence, Friar Lawrence would work in a church. So the soda shop is their holy ground, is their sacred area. It's the it's the place that you don't you don't act out completely because this is where you know you have like a safe haven. Um, and I think that's more to their their respect than some of the others. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a uh, if we're not kind to him, then where where can we go? This is the one place we're allowed to come and, and chill and relax and have these, like, the the war meeting, you know? They're, they're comfortable. Both people are okay with meeting there to have this discussion. Um, and then and Tony's working there. Tony's trying to better his life, and I like that Doc's trying to help him. I, I really, really, really like the character of Doc. Even the actor... I just thought Tony it was get great. mixed up in all this. Well, it's from what we get early. It sounds like he was uh, a regular member of the Jets, like everybody. And Tony started to pull away, um, and Riff kind of pulls him back in uh, under that. You know, the guy's like, "Come on, man! You're once a Jet, always a Jet." You know, he kind of pressures him yeah. in. And uh, Tony's family was taking care of Riff. Riff didn't have a family, from what I gathered. So, like, he had this kind of big brother mentality with Riff. Which, again, because as I noted, Riff is Mercutio. Um, Romeo and Mercutio were cousins, I believe. Um, uh. it, so, like, there is this kind of family connection between the two of them. Um, you could argue that maybe Riff is an amalgamation of Benvolio and Mercutio. 
because uh, Benvolio is definitely um, a Capulet, and uh, they like the family seem to take him in and, and respect him and whatnot. So, um, the the fight sequence the with Bernardo and Rift too, I thought was really well done. Um, how it starts off as a fist a fist fight because uh, Tony had convinced. Well, it was supposed to be Ice and Bernardo, but Tony had convinced them. Um, oh, one of the there's um, a song in here. Play it, cool boy. Uh, that song is straight up a. Uh, they use that in a Gap commercial. Like I'm a hundred percent positive that song is in a Gap commercial, like from back in the day. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Gap used to have the best commercials. Yeah, and even the way the the scene plays out, I'm pretty sure Gap kind of parodies it. Um, I wish I, all I wrote in my note was Gap commercial. So, uh, and that was after Bernardo, um, killed Riff and then Riff, Tony kills Bernardo, that kind of thing. Um, oh, and I did note though, I thought, uh, Natalie Wood and or Maria's songs were too operatic for my taste. Like every time she sang, there were just these like big standing opera numbers. And I was like, oh, let's end this. I hated when that, are you talking about the scene in, Maria's bedroom after Tony leaves and yeah. after Bernardo. I hated that song too. Yeah, and ugh, it was just too much. I think that they only had one scene in this movie where they like go back to a song that they've already sang in the movie and I know they're like trying to, you know, I don't know, like connect things and you know, a little circle when they're closing yeah. it but i think that that's something that i really don't like about musicals because i done heard this ah um i don't know it depends like uh did you see greatest showman or did you skip that one i didn't see it because there is a song they don't really they never sing it the same way um but i think it's twice or maybe three times there's one song that shows up but it does do the full circle thing but it's done really interestingly i thought with the music because it's not the exact same song each time and la la land which you hated they do use city of stars in like three different ways um i'm glad you're remembering that now yes i finally after uh this month i'll never forget it i don't think um i'm still i can't believe that you don't like that movie but uh because i am i'm a big advocate for la la land but um do 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 maria and uh tony embrace and chino shows up and shoots i wasn't sure which one of them had been shot um i wasn't sure which way they were going to go and i then i was expecting maria to kill herself uh like juliet and she doesn't which i thought was the right call i thought it was a good choice to not have her go out like juliet does and i thought that i liked um well after tony is shot i do like how she sang that song to him because you're right it wasn't the same thing and she was Mm -hmm. like comforting him but um, I really liked when both gangs, like, come and, like, put Ooh. her mm-hmm. um, scarf over her head, and it's black, and she's in yeah. mourning, and they carry his body away, and then they Tino gets, yeah, gets taken away. It's like, it took all of this for you all to realize. Which, I mean, that's the uh, something I, I really do appreciate about the film, too, is that... Um, it doesn't do what Romeo and Juliet does at the end. It's not a complete tragedy. It's still a tragedy, but it's not the loss of two young lives. It's it's the loss of one life, but with well two, but Chino, it's Bernardo. well Bernardo too. But see, you you lose Tybalt, Mercutio, Romeo, and Juliet minimum in Romeo and Juliet. Here you lose Bernardo, Riff, Tony. And you technically lose Chino because now Chino is probably going to go to life in prison or death penalty because he's murdered somebody. But Juliet's left alive and we see the gang starting to mend the the broken bridges and, and maybe seeing that, you know, too many lives were lost over this, over what, you know, that's, do we know if it's going to last or not? That's debatable. It's very, you know, thin ice between the two groups. Um, but between Doc's protest and Maria's now protest and her loss of love, um, there's hope. And that's always a, a, something I like to take away from a movie is hope, right? Like, it's um, it's a positive ending in an otherwise tragic story. 
Um, it sounds like I think we both maybe like this even more than we initially said. Um, and you got don't know if and when I would need to rewatch it. True, and we gotta also wonder: Do we like this because of our already kindness towards Romeo and Juliet? The source material is something we both like, and so do we like this solely because of the source material that's inspired it, or do we like this? And that's where I think there is a, a thin line to like. It's hard to separate because I definitely I have a strong affiliation with Romeo and Juliet. You clearly do as well. Um, and this movie does a good job of again uh, not telling the same thing only different. You know, it's same but it's not. And I, I I do think it does that very very well. So to give it props at least for that, it's not a straight rip off or something of Romeo and Juliet. But yes. Um, I'll go first with the rating so you have a second to try to put your uh, your thoughts together because I know you've probably not prepped um, what you're I have it say. up right now. Oh, on whoa. Cheese and rice. Well, no, I don't mean it's healthy. Every time I say, Corey, what do you rate it? You get, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you get so frustrated. So now I try to go the other way and you get hey, frustrated. You can do that. Um, It'll just give me no, uh, So I'm going to go with um, not quite Golden Ponyboy. Um, mainly, I, I could see this being a must-see, although it's a long movie and... I think I would tell someone, if they were trying to learn about the main essence of Romeo and Juliet, I might recommend this over uh, the traditional Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet, mainly because I think this one's more accessible. Um, and more digestible, I think. Yes, it, and it, it's really the story in West Side's story. Uh, um, it matches things that you still see today. There's still gang violence, there's still racism, there's still uh, police brutality and the, that police racism that's embedded in this film. A lot of the things that, a lot of the themes that are here and very clearly here, um, not buried underneath Shakespearean dialogue um, that not everyone's going to find accessible, it's right here on the surface and it's something a lot of people can connect to. Um, and again, the music's not bad. I, it's, I would say only Natalie Wood's stuff is not my favorite. And it's not that she performs it very, very well. She's got an amazing voice. I just don't like it. Like, that's just not my style at all. Um, I found it slow and kind of boring when she was singing those long songs. Again, gorgeous voice, um, just not my taste. Uh, but so I'm going to go not quite golden, leaning towards must-see, because I do think there's a lot to appreciate here. Again, the production value of this film is ridiculous. It looks pretty darn amazing um, overall. So uh, what about you? I'm going to go with not quite golden Pony Boy. I was kind of torn between that and a decent watch, but I think it's definitely better than a decent watch. Yeah, I think uh, at least it sounded to me like you you were leaning that way as well. Um which I, I'm happy because you know what? If I would have gone uh, through this month with you and all four movies were on your like poop list, I, think I would we need feel to make it awful. Deal. No more musicals. I can't promise that, Corey. I no can't. more months of musicals. Okay. No well, more months of musicals. One in every once in a while. Okay, but you cannot make me like dedicate so many of my. And why are they all long? They are all long. They are, except for the next one. Um, they are all That's extremely long. Um, boy in it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, they are the, the three that we've picked for this month have all been really long, over two and a half hours, I think every single one, um, until the next one. And I'm grateful that you picked this one so that it is not as long, um, as that has always been one of your your things. Is we don't like long movies, um, and I don't blame you because it is hard to squeeze a three hour movie in uh, to a week. Um, I did watch it all in one sitting, by the way. Uh, although I had kind of gone in with the willingness to um, not watch it in one sitting. But once I got going, I was into it enough that I felt like I could make it. And I did. Um, but so that's uh, our review of West Side Story from 1961. Corey and I both give it the not quite golden pony boy. I'm leaning towards must see. And I think Corey's just landed flat on um, not quite golden there. And uh, that's great, because her other two have... One was Avoid Like the Plague, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. So this is the first musical that didn't get a negative rating from Corey. And uh, that speaks volumes. Um, all right, so our next movie and our last musical for Woo! the month of uh, September is a Steve Martin movie um, with Bernadette Peters, Jessica Parker... Um, Vernell Bagneris, John McMartin, 
I'm not knowing most of these people here. John Carlin. Um, ah, Christopher Walken shows up, though. Natalie Wood references we just made. And then uh, that looks like the gist of it. Directed by Herbert Ross. It's called Pennies from Heaven from 1981. So 20 years after uh, West Side Story, we're going to get a Steve Martin musical, which, of course, um, he does his... Uh, bluegrass band right i don't remember if there's another name is it steve martin and something oh gosh it is oh, and I, th- I thought you would know i'm sorry i wanted to see them once and they actually was coming with martin short and i don't think enough tickets sold so they canceled but also i can't pay 125 dollars per ticket for nosebleeds guys oh uh, word <laughs> um well, um i i've heard of this movie i didn't realize uh it was a musical until um, you picked it for a musical month. Uh, and I, I won't lie, I was a little skeptical and double-checked to make sure it did qualify. <laughs> it, I know. I didn't know it's a musical either. I've owned it for years. Oh, wow. Uh, I think. I think I do. I'm getting mixed up because I also have Slaves of New York with Bernadette Peters in it. Yes. Um, yeah, I have Pennies from Heaven. Um, and I haven't watched it. Yeah. So um, here we are. No, I... Bernadette Peters... Um, when I was a kid, I had a uh, live like m- musical version of Into the Woods that I think my mom recorded off of PBS that she was the witch and, and Into the Woods uh, and Ben Vereen was the wolf. And so I grew up a big fan of Into the Woods. And then when the Disney version with Elizabeth Blunt or not Elizabeth Blunt, sorry, Emily Blunt, Anna Kendrick, Chris Pine, um, Meryl Streep, there's uh, Johnny Depp is the wolf in that. I was very excited because I, I love that musical. And I still like Into the Woods. I, I, a lot of people hated it. I found it to be very fun. Um, but I was already a fan going in because of Bernadette Peters um, as the witch. She was a big part of why I love that old uh, live version that I had. Um, so I'm excited to see this, actually. Uh, I have, I've realized recently that Steve Martin is an actor who I'm very familiar with but have not seen uh, that many of his movies. So uh, this is one to add off my list, and I'm excited about that. So um, looking it up, it does not seem like it's free to watch on any of the streaming services except for Filmstruck. It does appear to be included with that, Um, but it is uh, available to rent on all the digital platforms for three bucks or less. So if you opt to um, rent it and you want to share your thoughts about it, or if it's a movie that you've seen uh, dozens of times and you just want to tell us about it you can hit us up on social media i am at burke reviews and Corey at Corey r star two r's on the end or you can email us contact at burke that is again contact at burke um, tell us your thoughts on the film or any of our other episodes if you like our podcast please share and rate us um, on itunes or wherever you get your podcast so that other people can hopefully find us and spread the word about burke reviews movie cast uh, both the top five movies that we do with mike and Corey and myself and the weekly episodes of movie club that Corey and i are slowly working our gap list down uh, we're whittling it slower and slower i'm at 55 of the top 100 uh, AFI list. Um, I've seen 55 of those, so I'm working my way through that list slowly. Uh, not too deliberately. I'm, I'm kind of working them in when I can. West Side Story was the most recent addition uh, to my checklist. Um, before we completely sign off, uh, I do go see a lot of movies, write reviews for BrookReviews.com and Corey, I'm going to get to see uh, three movies tomorrow. Uh, one, I think you're going to be pretty excited that I'm getting to see uh, I'm starting my day off with um, the clock, the house with the clock in the walls, the new <gasps> Eli Roth. Be going to see that tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm excited, but not. I'm very apprehensive because Eli Roth and I have had a not so positive relationship. Um, but then I'm seeing uh, American. Oh boy, my brain just went dead. What's it called? It's the movie where the 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 whole town starts killing each other because their social media leaks. Um. I'm looking it up because I can't believe I don't remember the name of the movie all of a sudden. Um, but that's not the one I was excited about. The one I'm excited about, which I was not expecting it to come this close to me so fast. I know what you're going to say. I'm it's gonna go the see- new... Go ahead. Oh my god, and now I'm blanking out on his name and I freaking love him so much. Oh, I don't think it's right. I don't think it, you're thinking the right thing. Oh, It's Chloe Sevigny, though, who you do love very, very much. <gasps> oh. And Kristen Stewart yes. and Lizzie, uh, which I am very, very excited to get to see it tomorrow. Um, it is my last movie of the day, though, so it's going to be... Uh, I am gonna. I feel like I'm going to have a very 
big need for like a uh, cleansing bath because I'm watching Assassination Nation was the movie that I could not think of the name of, which is the um, the film about the town that just goes crazy and starts killing each other because of their all their secrets go get leaked. But then Lizzie is the movie about Lizzie Borden. Um, so you know if you know that true story, then you know it's gonna be a little dark. Um, so I feel like I'm going to need to like watch the Care Bears or something when I get home to, to not feel awful about everything. <laughs> so, um, but I am also very excited. I've heard, I've heard mixed things, but the critics that I, uh, often agree with have had a lot of positive things to say about it. Now, um, one last thing, are you going to see house, the house with the clock on the walls in IMAX? I don't know. It's for um, my friend that I go to the movies with a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's her fiancé, who is also a friend. Um, it's his birthday tomorrow, so that's the movie he wants ah. to see. Well, if you can so see I'm it in sure. IMAX, do you know about the, uh, the the weird thing they're putting in front of it? Um, what? Yeah, so in the IMAX screenings of... Uh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull it up again. Um, the House with the Clock in the Walls. Uh, okay. There is a special screening of thriller the music video the michael jackson <gasps> that's music video. right yeah so if you can see it in imax that's a really cool little perk um i am seeing it at the amc dolby digital our theater does not have an imax there so i will not get the thriller uh bonus but i'm okay with that i've seen thriller a lot i don't know if i need to see it on imax but if it's right what there my dreams yeah i mean if it's right there i the say dreams. go see it for sure because that's a cool little plus um but, uh, yes, Pennies from Heaven will be our movie for next week. Um, check BerkReviews.com. And, Corey, thank you, as always, for giving up uh, so much of your time to watch musicals with me this month. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of time. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and until next time, folks, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts Covering the entire movie verse, there's something for everyone, so come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com.